Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. on everyone jurassic views zyaquina bryce diamond playoffs the craziness of the 2023 playoffs zaya i can't wrap my head around what has been going on in this playoffs and i don't even know how both series are three zero do you have any answers do you have any clarity how we got here, how we're sitting in this double three zero barrel in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals right now. There's currently a strike in Hollywood for the writers, and, <laughs> and that's exactly where it, you know what what it is. It's it's a confusion in terms of the NBA narrative. Um, you you couldn't write this up. You couldn't even um, spitball this at a bar in. In, in downtown Boston, Southside, you know what I mean? That yeah. They'd three, that they'd be down 3-0 against the eight-seed Miami Heat and not in Denver's wildest dreams that they think that they'd be up 3-0 against a LeBron James-led, um, albeit at the age of 38, um, a LeBron James-led Laker, you know, Los Angeles Lakers, right? Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it's the best of times for certain fan yeah. bases, and it's the worst of times for other fan bases. Um, you know, shout outs to my boy Jay Z, aka um, Al- uh, uh, sorry, um, Char- Charles Dickens for you um, <laughs> English very different, very different English, English lit nerds. Um, not even Will Hunting could have solved this problem, man. No, not at all. Not even Will Hunting. Um, my friend, we're in for a treat today. Oftentimes we get one guest who comes on the show. We, we just had Katie Hendel, uh, a month ago today. We get two guests and those two guests are returning people to talk about something very special that we've actually not really talked about on Jurassic views. And I know, um, as we've talked about this, you know, you and I rarely get into heated debates, but this kind of has the feel that we're going to get into some heated debates. And I was trying to think, like, who are the guys on this particular episode? Who are they most like on ESPN? And I'll get there in just a second to introduce our two guests today. Welcome back to, to Jurassic Views, Brandon Duvel and Chris Jackson. Guys, how the hell are you? Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Doing great, man. This is a nice, that was a real nice intro, but I'm just waiting with bated breath to find out which, <laughs> which, which characters we are on, on ESPN. <laughs> Um, well, if you've listened to 
either of Chris's episodes that he's been on before. If you've listened to Brandon's, my condolences. <laughs> if you've been, if you've had a chance to to listen to to Brandon on this show before, uh, I think it's easy. It's safe to say in the ESPN world that Chris Jackson is the Zach Lowe of this oh, yeah. podcast we're about oh, to yeah. do, right? Um, now, Z and I usually, what we try to do on Jurassic Views is have a bit of a Jalen Rose, uh, Jalen and Jacoby kind of feel to it. Mm. But every so often, we get a little over the top animated. We get a little adversarial. And I think that could happen tonight. And we get a bit Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> um, so that leaves one guy left and we'll let him we'll let him respond as soon as I say who I think he's like but because he's a Boston guy I think it's fair to call him Big Perk tonight <laughs> <laughs> Brandon what, what do you think about being Big Perk tonight so sorry for the delay in responding I had to get all the swear words out <laughs> before I could <laughs> come come on and speak my piece <laughs> This, this is what I expect on an invited. <laughs> We're talking about two of the greatest of all time and still shades thrown at the Celtics. I don't know how that happens. I don't understand. I think you guys are setting me up. I don't think this is about LBJ and MJ at all. <laughs> hey, man, well, if, 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 if the Celtics were up 3-0, I know you'd be coming with five. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Oh, my God. You guys wouldn't even have a chance to talk. It would just be me speaking for 50 minutes. <laughs> With the I accent and everything. Oh, it would it just, you know, you might guys all drop off and have an ice cream. It would just be me going. <laughs> well, you, you've said it. Uh, we are going to talk about one of the uh, longest standing debates, it seems, at least in this era of who the greatest player of all time is. Is it the king himself, LeBron James, or is it his heirness, Michael Jordan? And something that I found really interesting today that I wanted to just mention before we get to the debate itself was October 26, 1984. Michael Jordan played his first game for the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. December 30th, 1984, LeBron James was born. In 1994, Michael Jordan decided to take a hiatus. Uh, some would call it a sabbatical from basketball and play for the Chicago White Sox, 1994. In 1994, LeBron James was first introduced to a by a family friend to the sport of basketball when he was nine years old, 1994. Almost like the basketball gods needed to prepare someone for Jordan leaving the game for good. And of course, in 2003, April 16th, Michael Jordan finally retired, his third time officially retiring. And then in June, uh, 26th of June, same year, 2003, LeBron James was drafted to the NBA. It seems like these guys have had ties together during the, their playing career, uh, after their playing career, 
um, they they are just larger than life, and 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 these are the two guys I I think that people debate about when you talk about the greatest player of all time. But a, a question I wanted to ask you guys before we get to breaking down Braun versus MJ, is there anybody else in this conversation? This this is also known as Bryce throwing a big piece of red meat to Brandon, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> can, can, can I raise my hand? Am I allowed to raise my hand? So, Go, man. when I first when I first got the outline, I looked at this and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if this is a debate for the greatest of all time." Right? We're talking about like who's number one. So right. I prepared notes. I prepared notes with Kobe and MJ. Oh, I don't know no. why we're talking about so. I, I don't have notes on the Braun guy, so this whole conversation is going to be under protest. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, right now, I don't know. Like we can move forward, but I don't know if it's going to count. For the well, record, I, that, that that's all I'm saying. I didn't expect uh, Mark Cuban to get into the room with a protest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, Anybody else besides Braun and MJ, or is this a two-person conversation? Is this a, is this a two two-horse race? I think it's a two, a two, a two-horse race. That's my my opinion. I think that I think that you, if you can make an interesting case for uh, Kareem or Bill Russell, but um, those would be the only two that I that I would, you know kind of like I could see an argument for uh, personally, but I think it, my, my personal view, I think it's, 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 I think those two guys have separated themselves. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to go into, you know, the themes in our debate, we're going to go into maybe two categories um, mm. on court performance. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe even a subcategory of, of, of individual performance and then team performance and then cultural icon, right? Yes. The, uh, the, the global impact that these two players have had. Um, the one that obviously uh, Michael uh, is, is spoken for and continues to evolve uh, intergenerationally. And I think that of LeBron is still being written uh, unfortunately, the passing of Kobe has, has kind of put a ceiling to his, but I still don't think it reached to the same degree that LeBron did. Others, maybe Shaq, Kareem, that you know, and 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 Bill Russell, like Chris had mentioned. But I had a had a hard time thinking of two player, uh, another player that could compete to the same degree. Um, not just in my own perspective, but also that's in the media debates. The media debates, it's oh, it comes down to always oh, Michael and LeBron, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless there's someone I'm missing, unless unless Kyrie Irving wants to put his name on that list, I don't know. Yeah. Now, in this discussion, there's likely going to be some sides that people pick, and I think it's all always important for the listener to know kind of what bias people might bring to the table. 
And so, you know, I think, I think it's obvious for some already, but is, is there a guy that you're going into this debate already kind of choosing him? Is there a guy that you're pro this player or anti this player? I'm curious, maybe uh, Chris, uh, you can start Z Brandon and, and, and then I'll, I'll finish this off. But it, yeah. Do you have a guy that you're picking? Are you pro that player, anti that player? That's kind of the question. Uh, that's a good question. So um, I am, I am, I am not anti either of them. I am pro pro MJ pro LeBron. So I'm kind of boring that way. I, I lack <laughs> I lack the first take energy in that regard, uh, <laughs> so that's why we, that's why we need to balance me out. But uh, <laughs> I think um, I think they're yeah I think they're both incredible. Um, uh, I, I don't it's I don't want to go too long on answering that question because it's an interesting question. Um, if you want me to say like at the at the onset, who who my pick would be uh is that do you want me to are we doing that at the end or are we doing that now you want me to say that now oh yeah you can you can say that straight up right now if you want okay or you can or you can leave it for the audience why don't i leave it because because i want to i i (laughs) you know i'm we'll we'll see if it ends up being uh if people can figure it out but i would i'm definitely pro both guys um and uh i don't think i really have yeah, I don't have like really like a like a to. I, maybe the only bias would be like just my age, right? So I'm I didn't I I've I didn't I've watched LeBron play, you know, in real time. I've I've only watched Jordan through, um, you know, documentaries and through footage. Yeah. Uh, but th- I don't know that that necessarily. I don't know that that actually biases me against Jordan because there's a lot of there's a hell of a lot of mythologizing that goes on in those documentaries right so if anything (laughs) if anything that kind of I kind of came in with him being like a larger than life figure right as like a kid Um, yeah whereas you know I was learning about LeBron as like a teenage phenomenon who then became what he's become right so um so that's an interesting one to consider I appreciate it, man. All right, Z. Um, as I as I start, you know, it's uh, nine, you know, nine o'clock, um, nine eleven to be exact, Eastern time, uh, <laughs> on the twenty second of May, twenty three, and at the age of thirty eight, um, LeBron James has scored twenty one points in the first quarter against the Denver Nuggets in the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference Final, good you know, golly! Yes, they're down 0-3. I completely understand that. He's hit four threes in the third quarter, uh, in the first quarter. Uh, fantastic! Uh, Michael Jordan at that time, at 38 years old, he was leading the Washington Wizards in the in the uh, in the dark hole of mediocrity. Right, where they still, still, they still are in. Where they still reside. Where they still reside, right? The Jordan like, curse. Yeah. So, you know, big, you know, he's leading a big market, you know, franchise that exceeds his own name. He, he, you know, 
So I could tell you right now which side I'm on. However, as a millennial, <laughs> I came of age watching Michael Jordan, you know, in real time, uh, you know, since 93. Um, and I was able to catch on. So he really crystallized my own imagination. Um, but uh, as, the, you know, as one you know, one of the holy books says, you know, but when I became a man, I put my childish things away. So that means, <laughs> that means I was, I was able to determine my own opinion of what, you know, in terms of my evaluation of the GOAT extended beyond uh, the basketball purist metric, right? Uh, you know, I understood what uh, cultural uh, impact meant. So I understood what, you know, other intangibles of a great player uh, signified in terms of how you treat your teammates and your coaches, etc. Um, that mattered, you know, and so that's how I determined my own, own my own evaluation. Uh, but it's an it's an exciting debate to have because I think it's constantly going to push us and reveal what type of basketball fans we are. You know, what do we prioritize? Um, and again, I'm not here to judge, you know, the type of fans that we all are. I think there's the, the boundary of the community is wide, man. But, you know, I'm, uh, you know, but but I've been blessed to, to come of age at a time. What a time to be alive to even have this debate. Right. Like you're the, the movie Air just came out, you know, featuring Michael Jordan, but really focusing on his mother. Um, and then LeBron James, man, like I like I told you. 38 years old in the Western Conference Finals. But um, I'll end there and then let my brother Brandon continue. So, so Bryce, I see why Z and Chris are, are on this. Two of the most articulate, the most good-looking <laughs> individuals that you could ever possibly meet. So to all you out there, you're in the morning and you're looking in the mirror and you think you look good? No, Chris and Z, they look better. All right? So I'm actually I'm actually becoming a little bit sympathetic for the LVJ side of things. No, I'm just joking. That's that. That's absolutely ridiculous. So, so ladies, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Please use your reason. Do not listen to these, albeit handsome young individuals. There is like this is an objective. This is a scientifically based conversation. <laughs> Evidence-based this policy. Evidence-based policy. It's a si guys. It's science. If you're not, if you're not saying that, one thing you hate science. You just hate science. <laughs> There's nothing I can do for you. And I rest my case. Thank you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, well, it's interesting, uh, this conversation, because uh, it's easy, it's very easy to make this about who they were as simply players. But of course, uh, you know, uh, Zaya and, and the kind of general feel on Jurassic Views when we're not having a doomsday moment about the Raptors state of affairs or an existential crisis as Raptors fans, we do usually talk about the impact players have off the court. And I think that's an interesting, uh, you know, angle to look at both of these guys. Cause they, obviously uh, they have both had impacts off the court. 
Um, so I won't say that either one of these guys from a likability standpoint as a player that I gravitate to one or the other. Yes, LeBron kicked the crap out of the Raptors, uh, you know, probably 10 straight years when he played in the Eastern Conference. Um, he obviously knocked the Raptors out for three years. But um, I also, cheer before the Raptors, uh, I cheered a lot for the Los Angeles Lakers because they had Magic Johnson. And I cheered for the New York Knicks because I just loved the Knicks brand of basketball. Um, I wanted to be John Starks. I didn't want to be like Mike. I wanted to be like John Starks. Um, and so I, I had a, I had a love hate, uh, relationship with Michael Jordan, similarly to the relationship I had with Tupac Shakur, um, because I loved Biggie and it was really hard to have any, you know, admiration or respect for for Tupac in those mid nineties days. Um, but I've come to a place with both LeBron and, and Michael of accepting how great they are. And I think what's interesting for me in, in this uh, discussion is that I've probably come a lot further in acknowledging both players greatness, not just one player's greatness. Um, so I think maybe we'll see a, a little bit or hear a little bit of that as the conversation goes on. But um, I guess my second question to you guys, and, and this is a broad one, and maybe we'll get more narrow as we get into the weeds. But if you could say one thing, and maybe we'll start with Brandon, go reverse order, Brandon, Zaya, uh, Chris, and then I can finish up just because it helps me as – uh, not a moderator, but as a host, it just helps me to <laughs> remember my notes here. Uh, so we have some semblance of time. But um, if there's one thing that you would say separates one player from the other, what, what would you say that one thing is? And you can pick a guy if you want. If you, if you are on the LeBron side, you can say this separates LeBron from Michael it doesn't have to be that, but you can do that if you want. So, uh, Brandon, if, as you see these players, if there's one thing that separates them, what, what's that one thing for you? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the one thing. I want to talk about one one sequence, and it's okay. and it's against it's against Utah in the 1998 finals. Okay. And it's that it's that last it's that last sequence where where Jordan strips the ball from Malone. Takes yeah. it up court and he shoots. That that to me defines well. Number one, that defines like playoff blast basketball, clutch performing. But to be able to do that, like that, that was the call of steps lead up to what we've seen for a guy over the course of his career. So for me, it's just it's that sequence, and then what comes out of, the, of that. Maybe it is one word. It's just it's automatic. Respect. Respect. Mike's automatic. <laughs> um, I guess uh, that's my cue to go. Um, yeah. I think from, you know, given where the NBA was in the, in the mid-80s when Michael Jordan came onto the scene, um, there were other players uh, that came out of college at that time that could have 
worn the crown. Uh, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing. Um, but uh, that wasn't the case, right? Um, you know, Michael became the avatar, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I think he and David Stern, another name, um, uh, pivotal in, in expanding the NBA and, the, and basketball to become this kind of global sport. Um, I think that's something that we can, ne- we always have to give credit to. And I think that's why, you know, he's associated with being the goat for, for the longest time. Uh, it, it's not just a matter of being a good basketball player. We all know that, but there's st- aesthetic, the style, uh, uh, you know, um, mm. all of that set a precedent for every basketball athlete, I would say athlete in general, because the influence went into all sports. Tiger Woods, that template came from Michael Jordan, right? And how he was able to be uh, advertised by Nike. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, it's quite, and, and, and I know the WNBA are doing, trying to do the exact same thing in, in finding their quote unquote Michael Jordan Mm. Um, to, to market. So, um, so if there's something to be said, I, I will say it in that way. And uh, I'll hold um, my shots for later for Brandon uh, as for as <laughs> to, why, why LeBron James has, uh, has, has overtaken as, as that, as the goat. I'll, I'll further for our audience. I'll, I'll keep my views. I'll share my reasons later. I can feel the blood pressure. I can feel it. <laughs> I like that. I I, I think uh, I feel like this is not the totality of what you were talking about, Zaya. But a, but a part of it, I think, that was one of the things that I thought of. So I'll I'll, exp- I'll like touch on it for a second, and then and then share another thought I had, which is that I think, like. <sighs> I do think like aesthetics, like the way they look when they play, I do think that matters. I think mm. that that's why um, Kyrie is so beloved by um, by his fellow players, right? I think it was Andre Godala said he's a like, 20 player all time, which is like kind of funny, but also like the, it, it's based on just he he looks incredible when he when he's playing and he he does things that nobody else can do which is kind of a part and makes it look good while he's doing it and um uh i feel like when i compare jordan and lebron in that area it's like a no contest thing for jordan mm. like i don't mm. think lebron's even the, the number one guy of his like era in that respect you know like that would mm-hmm. be kind of a fun list to to, to make right like a top yeah. 10 but the thing about jordan was at least it seems to me as someone who didn't again you know is is just watching clips of everybody at this point but he was like not only the best player it, he sure seemed to be like the most graceful coolest looking player also of, of his time and maybe even that had like ever come along that point because you just you know i rewatch i rewatched the last dance like a few months ago oh and respect I'm, and i'm just i'm still stunned when i watch footage of him 
of just like the way that the way that he hangs in the air like it's not a not a novel thing to say but it is really there's just something about the 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 aesthetic of his play that is really unique and i think is like more it is it just has has a transcendent quality to it that lebron doesn't quite have in my view so um so I probably preach it that. preach it <laughs> Uh, yeah, those are, I love all those uh, answers. Uh, just, yeah, really insightful into how you guys were able to watch both of these players and, and, uh, you know, what they brought to the fan, um, as well as the game itself. Um, I think the thing, the one thing that I would say separates them from each other is the word uh, position. And for me, Michael Jordan, at the start of his career to the end of his career, played one, played one position. And he played it so well that he was able in that one position to completely dominate other teams, which seems like impossible to do now. Um, seems like it because the game has like messed around, right, with position. And 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 then you've obviously we hear it a lot, positionless basketball comes up quite a bit. And you see Jokic playing the way he plays, and even the way Steph plays guard. Um, and, you know, you go down the list um, of, of different guys who are kind of pushing the boundaries of how things are perceived. And to me, what LeBron does is he says, I, I can literally do everything on the court. You want me to play this position? I can do that. You want me to do this thing? I can do that thing on the court, um, whether it's offensively or defensively, whether it's in the transition or in the half court. Um, and, and his vision is kind of in that same zone. He's, it's like he can have vision from, from any position, any angle, where Michael was like, like razor sharp focused, again, out of his one position. And it makes them such contrasting guys uh, to look at. And I think as well, um, in, in some respect, it translates well to how you view their careers um, as a whole, um, which, which maybe brings us to our next point, which a lot of people get into when they talk about LeBron versus Michael Jordan and who's the best, career versus prime. Who, who do we want to take on, on this discussion? Where do we want to go uh, on this one, do we want to talk about the totality of their career as players? Do we want to talk about their prime? Z, maybe I'll let you you pick one where you want to want to start because this is a big question that often gets talked about: career versus prime. Oh wow! Um, you know, I, I I have I've 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 had these debates on by myself. 
I've had this for years, so I, I so I'm fully prepared to to I know both sides. Um, um, but obviously, I'm on the side of LeBron James, and I'll admit um, Boo. That, um, <laughs> that you know I can go full force here. But I will say I think this is very important. You know, we'll, we'll, let's you know let's let's lay everything on the table. Um, you know how much how many championships does LeBron James have? Right, uh, he has uh, two with the Miami Heat. He has one with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he has one with the LA Lakers, right? Uh, so he has four in total. Uh, that doesn't even put him um, ahead of his peers, which are, uh, let's say, in his era, playing era. So that Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. I don't think there's anyone else that has more rings than LeBron James during that era. Uh, sorry, he's tied with Steph Curry. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. So, uh, when so if we want to be deductive and just have a debate about okay, who won more championships, you know, and who who was who was uh, undefeated going to the finals, right? Uh, sure, we understand that Michael Jordan uh, uh, is uh, has is is kind of victorious in that category but i want one thing i think we completely underestimate and you know an old school journalist will will always come down to that as a you know as a uh, you know as a concluding factor in their argument and i'm like yeah but the nba basketball in itself in terms of competition right is so much better more evolved and advanced now than it was then like there's more parity in the nba now than than there was then I don't I don't know why they can't comprehend that. Um, Michael Jordan came into the league when the debate was solely fixated on Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, yeah. right? Uh, the the mm-hmm. outliers were were the Detroit Pistons led by Isaiah Thomas, right? And then after that, um, it was we began you know the Jordan legacy, right? The, the, with the Chicago Bulls. Um, <laughs> Since 2000, right, we've had a plethora of teams who have won, who have emerged as as champions. Um, that's not the fact that that shouldn't go against LeBron James, who entered the league, by the way, at the age of 18 years old, right? Yeah. Um, and so when they say, well, he has more championships than, you know, Michael Jordan has more championships than LeBron James, and therefore... Uh, should be considered the GOAT. I mean, that is so minimalistic, man. That's so, mm. in terms of the argument, like that's that's it. We're not even talking averages. We're not talking about the fact that he lead he leads uh, the all-time record in scoring, right? He, there were no gaps in his playing career, right? Um, so, again, I, can, I, I already know what Brandon and yourself, Bryce, will present as a case for... Michael, I know that like the palm of my hand. I know that like the date, my date of birth. Uh, like you know what I mean. But I will have to say, <laughs> I will have to say again, um, the 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 context matters, right? And so um, I made a quick list. I didn't even do this prior to the recording. 
um, who were Michael, uh, LeBron James's peers while he entered the league, right? Let's talk about the individual who just announced his retirement, 19 seasons, Carmelo Anthony. He was one of his peers. He's, I think, ninth all-time in scoring, I think. Maybe, I'm, maybe I don't have that, that, that ranking correctly. Tim Duncan was also his peer. Already he was, I think, two in in terms of championships. Kobe Bryant was also considered his peer. Steph Curry, someone who will be credited in revolutionizing the game. So in his defense, LeBron James had to reinvent himself. We're talking just on the basketball court multiple times as the game in and of itself changed, right, throughout that stretch, right? And so we're talking about positionless basketball, talking about the three-point revolution, talking about big wing, talking about going uh, small ball basketball, um, your, uh, what do you call it, um, um, it's a, it's a, it was, it's an offensive style, uh, equal opportunity offense, right? Egalitarian. You yeah, should do that. <laughs> he, adjusted to all of these, he adjusted to all of these facets that I don't believe Michael Jordan had to. Absolutely not. And um, some would say, well, he didn't have to because the game, well, the, that means the game was simpler then. It lacked the level of sophistication that LeBron James entered in. Again, at the at the tender age of 18, his mind was already advanced on how he had to adjust to this complex basketball landscape. And so um, uh, give that to your analysts to dig up and to do a you know, quick research, right? And, uh, and see if Michael Jordan would swim with the big sharks in this day and time. Uh, I'm not saying he would be like a Jerry Stackhouse or Isaiah Ryder. He'd be great, but my gosh, we, we would evaluate him very differently, right? And some guys didn't, you know, I, one name I saw, I didn't even mention who, who, who for the sorry fact that he didn't even get to the finals or going to a Eastern uh, or a, or a, or um, actually the conference finals for goodness sake is Tracy McGrady. And in, Similar type of template, right? Big wing, incredibly athletic, you know, cerebral, but never was able to make the same type of leap. Entered the league at 18 as well, but never able to make the same type of leap. That's it. That, that should show you that LeBron James was special, man. He just wasn't, he wasn't from the same cloth as his peers. He was made different. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll end it. I'll stop it there and let my, my fellow debaters continue, but you guys have a huge mountain to climb. <laughs> All right, Brandon, you give it a shot and then we'll give it to Chris. I mean, so this is, this is what I love because this, this pod gets into it, man. Like this pod gets into the game, right? We look at positions, look how offense are run, how defensive schemes are, 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 uh, are formulated how the eras match up. So this what makes it super fun. And all I'm going to say is this, because there's nothing else to say. We've already, we've already determined that nobody likes science here. So we don't need to do, we don't need to do, we don't need to do points and championships and this sort of thing. And this is always the argument. And this will always be the argument. There is no LeBron James team, particularly in the Eastern conference 
that would make it out of Michael Jordan's era because the era was way too physical. The defense was way too tough. Talking about LeBron making it to the finals in the Jordan era of basketball, the guy would not get out of the East. He would not get through the Knicks. He would not get through Indiana. My Even if he played on Miami in those years, he still would make it through. And some of those Miami teams were tough. They would definitely not get through the Pistons, man. I was, I knew he was, you know, down on LeBron, but even I was not prepared for how yeah. much I would enjoy hearing that LeBron, uh, if he played, he would not have made it out of the second round. I think is what I heard. If I heard correctly, <laughs> is that right, Brandon? Oh, sorry, guys. I was I was traveling back in time to get more evidence. <laughs> to to prove my to prove my case, so I, I'm sorry that I I dropped off there for for a second. Brandon just had to go. Watch, Chris talking about watch a couple hard fouls to come back. I had I had to rewatch <laughs> Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, and Xavier McDaniel, but I'm back now. I'm good. <laughs> I watched it. I checked it out. But then I I came back on to hear Chris talk about. You know, LeBron not making it over the second round. I don't know if they make the playoffs, man. Uh, Chris, get, give us uh, give us your thoughts uh, around uh, around this whole uh, career prime conversation. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I, it's gotten a bit more wide ranging, but what? Yeah, I, it's true. It's true. But it's true. on career versus prime, uh, well, I'll tell you what I think, which is. Um, I think the I think the prime argument is really is really fun and interesting personally, and uh, I've mentioned this guy before, but this guy Ben Taylor he's got a he's got a fun uh, video series called Greatest Peaks. Which is was, this the ref NBA referee Ben Taylor or a different no, guy? No, it's not that <laughs> Ben Taylor. Thinking basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they uh he and his had fun with that one when Fred Van Vliet uh called out the <laughs> other Ben Taylor. <laughs> no, different. Sorry, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so he's got a great he's got a great uh YouTube series on the the great his, the greatest peaks uh since since the merger. Um mm. and uh I think he makes a very compelling case and others that i've seen the, the others you know when you compare the stats when you compare the their like impact numbers the kind of advanced stat stuff i think their primes are quite neck and neck and okay i think you i think you can you know i think you can make a case for either of them um if you're just going but if you're just going based on like what do the numbers say it's pretty hard to separate them and it's pretty easy to separate them from everybody else. It's the right. one guy who's kind of in terms of like peak peak prime, who's kind of knocking on the door is, is Shaq. So, okay. but, uh, right. hmm. um, hmm. and, but uh, I think with, you know, when you get into the more like, and maybe we'll talk about this stuff later. Cause I think, you know you you you're probably going to want to talk talk about like clutch and 
you know, I, when you talk about like peak prime, are you talking about like one season, two seasons, one playoff run, one series? When you get more granular, it's kind of fun to argue about, okay, you know, who had the best, who was like hit the highest height in like a particular game or a particular series. You know, there are, there are multiple uh, people, including I think Steve Kerr, you know, Steve Kerr is, I'm pretty sure has been on the record saying that LeBron James won of the 2018 finals when he scored 50 and the Warriors won because J.R. Smith forgot what the score was. <laughs> uh, but uh, he said that that's the best game of basketball he's ever seen. And a few, there are other guys who have, who were there and who were around when Jordan was around who have said. So I think that's kind of an interesting, an interesting little data point um, in, in the argument. Um, but uh, I think prime, you can like, yeah, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really pick one versus the other. Uh, if you forced me to pick, I would, I would probably lean LeBron because of, because of everything what you said, Bryce, about everything that he can do. Like, like LeBron would peak LeBron defensively could like protect the rim in a pinch, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he could switch out like when they they played the 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 Bulls, you know, the one seed Bulls in 2011 and, and LeBron guarded Derrick Rose for that series. Right. And they, the Heat won in five. So. Um, um, but anyway, I think it's a really fun, interesting argument. If you're talking career, like the full scope, full arc of the career. It, I mean, uh, apologies to the <laughs> to the to the Brandons of the world, but I I don't think it's I don't see how it's an argument. It's LeBron's career is just has more to it. Obviously, aside from the the rings, uh, but if uh, if you're kind of nuancing it a little bit and you're just looking at the totality of what they've done. Um, LeBron's just done more than Jordan. Um, and uh, so if that's the thing that you care about, if you're, if, if what it comes down to for you is like how, how, you know, how many kind of chances, how, how many theoretical rings did, did I like give me a chance to win or what was, how much did he increase the probability of my chance of winning X number of rings? Um, I, I think LeBron is, out ahead on that one even though his his final time of rings is lower um i think there's lots of contextual reasons for that that you could which we could get into if you want but yeah right uh well i like the idea of of getting to to clutch i, I think that's uh important because there's always that question if the fate of the universe you know was in the hands of one player whether it be for one game or, or one shot, you know, uh, I think clutches is important to talk about because of, you know, you always want to see the biggest stars show up in the highest leverage moments. Um, but one, one thing I did want to point out that I thought was, was interesting when you look at the 
uh, scope of their careers. Um, and, and I think the prime conversation is really interesting. I, I liked how, uh, you know, how many questions you asked there, Chris, about like, are we talking about one season? Are we talking about like, you know, their four best seasons? Are we talking about like, you know, you know, 26 years to 32 years? Like, what are we talking about when we're talking about primes? Because that can be quite different. Um, but the one thing I, I was really curious about, I'd love to know your response, uh, Zai and Chris, about this was the durability. Um, and obviously there's a difference between durability and longevity. I think it's very safe to say that LeBron has won the longevity award because uh, he wasn't taking seasons off to playing baseball. Um, and he obviously was started as a high schooler and, and played to the same age as, as Michael. Um, but when I look at Michael Jordan's games played per season, he has a year when he's coming back from baseball, 94, 95. He actually only plays in 95 for that season. He plays 17 games, right? And then in 1985-86, that season, he gets injured quite badly, still somehow makes the all-star team after only playing 18 games. But if you take out those two seasons, the guy has like 78 games as the lowest he plays for the first, what, like 12 seasons, 11, uh, 13 seasons of his career. I mean, that's crazy when you compare that to – LeBron, who, you know, has 75, he has a, he has a 69, he has a 55. And the longer he gets into his career, his numbers seem to drop off. But Jordan's are like, there's a lot of 82 game seasons that he plays, um, you know, where you can only really point at three seasons, 2018, 20, uh, 2009 and, and 2000 five where LeBron actually hits 80. So durability versus uh, longevity is kind of an interesting thing uh, I thought to, to look at too. But I, I don't think there's too many people, myself included, that are going to try and argue career versus career when you see not just the accolades, but when you see just the volume of numbers and the volume of records uh, that LeBron James has. Um, so let's get to clutch. Is, is that fair? Is everyone cool with that, that we, we move? No. No, you want to say something before that? No, because no, I know. Oh, because gonna, he... uh, I know where it's going to go. Again, I've had this debate, uh, um, you know, uh, with myself. Uh, multiple times. One thing that I want, or when the, when the Mormons come to the door, one of the two. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it. Um, you know, I will I will add this. You know, uh, Bryce, you made an important point in terms of the multi multifaceted element of Michael uh, of of LeBron James, right? That singer, you know, that single handedly, you know, kind of puts him ahead of Michael. Uh, in terms of versatility, right? And one thing that I think it's important to have just in, you know, uh, because of the figures, you know, uh, the athletic figures that we're discussing is that in the 90s, it was actually quite popular uh, for there to be multi-sport athletes. I don't know 
Bryce, I, Brandon, I don't know if you recount, you know, the Deion Sanders of the world, the Bo Jacksons of the world. Same with, uh, with Chris, but uh, Bryce, I know you know them, and I and I've had multiple conversations. So it was a popular thing for these like, you know, transcendent athletes to play in another sport. That would that could sometimes crystallize you in you know in not just like the hall of fame in certain ways but in the imagination of sports fans in in you know to add an element of mystique brandon you said if lebron james played in the 90s you know he would be rough you know roughed up and i i, I completely disagree i think we we appre- i think we appre- you know we we mentioned that quite often i actually think he probably would have done the exact same thing as Michael as Michael Jordan. He probably would have played another sport. This guy was an incredible athlete, mm. like point final, right? He could play baseball. He could play football. Um, and many like his peers, Allen Iverson's one back in high school in Virginia. He was a, a cult hero in football. Um, and... Um, but it's quite hard to do that into two thousands because of the the science that you think we deny, but I actually don't. Think. <laughs> uh, you know, there's more sports. You know, sports science has informed than us that actually you have to rest your body. You actually have to stay in your lane, play one sport because actually it allows for your body to recover better, right? Um, and. And in terms of longevity, but also in terms of durability, um, there's there's this this league and this you know this this climate actually tracks performance enhancing uh, chemicals going into your body in a much more sophisticated way than they ever did in the past. I'm not suggesting that Michael Jordan took performance enhancing. Um, uh, chemicals or, or, or products whatsoever. That's not what I'm claiming. But to suggest that, you know, because he, LeBron James has played less minutes uh, that or, or le- missed a, a certain amount of games, it kind of averages out. Or I actually push back against that. I think he was so much more savvier in terms of how he played on the court as well as how he took care of his body for such a long stretch of time. And just to remind you, they're up by just over 15 points against the Denver Nuggets tonight, and LeBron James has 31 points, and they haven't even reached halftime. Can I raise my hand? Uh, you can proceed with your clutch. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So my, my response is, is this. Because he was so – because MJ was so durable – and because he, in order for him to be able to to win at the at the pace that he was able to win in, that was more physical. He was never out of prime. MJ was always in prime. If like if you take out the injury season of the rookie year, you take out when he came back for those games like Bryce did, and you look at like the rest of his career, that trajectory. When they started going up against the Pistons all the way until he makes a shot against Utah, MJ is constantly prime. There's no drop-off. The consistency is there because he's automatic, because he's always clutch. You don't need longevity 
when you're that durable and that clutch over a short period of time. LeBron James would not have played this long if he played in that era. He would have got it's a that was physical. It was way too it was more physical than it is today. I think there's there's an agreement there because well, rule changes. When you're able to do, you're able to perform for that amount of time at that level. Can we not give some love to that? It does again. It we're looking at Kareem. We brought up Kareem at the beginning. Never saw the guy play. You know, just because of the basketball junkie looking at the stat, looking at some of the old film that's now available online, the guy played for a long time, right? So he through that time, he was able to get the points. He played on really good teams. He was able to get some championships, 100%. But is he considered the – like, we're not talking about him as the greatest because of the longevity, are we? No, probably not. No, you're right. So were you were saying LeBron now has the regular season points record, and that and that we include playoffs in that, just for the record. No, for what career points? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, just regular season. Just regular season, I believe. Oh. He's number one. In playoff points, and he's yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, since Brandon fell off, I wanted to say one thing about the the physical era thing. Yeah, overrated. But anyway, sorry, Chris. <laughs> well, I just think it's <laughs> oh, man. I just think it's a really I love it. I love it. It's, it's an interesting argument to make when the guy you're making it against. Is six nine, two fifty to two seventy five, depending on the season. Pounds. It is built like a tank, and has been even by the standards of the modern era, which, as you, you and Zaya both kind of alluded to, like, uh, you know, people have longer careers now on average than they used to right like kareem was a crazy outlier for his time um but even by the standards of his era has still been crazy durable and has Mm -hmm. played so much and has actually been injured very very little or at least he was until the last couple years when he got old and kept playing um so i don't i think the the whole you know the thing of the more physical my the more physical game on that time i do not think that that would have been a problem for him i mean he he is a bigger guy than than jordan is and jordan had to put on put on a, a fair bit of muscle right to yeah. to deal with those pistons teams um yeah i just want and then i went on to say that like uh, you know, people. I think the comparing eras stuff is interesting, and it's and you know, and and people will kind of make similar arguments like that because of the way the the some of the rules have changed that Jordan would have scored like you know forty a game in the modern era. Um, but I I I generally take the I I don't think that like I think that they both 
op basically optimize what they could do in the context that they were in because they were because they were those kinds of guys because they were driven to win and they're incredibly insanely skilled and gifted and so i think that you take either of them you put them in either era and you're gonna get you know their stats would might be a little different like i think jordan would have developed his three-point shot more if he played in this era um right but but other than that, I think that you, you would have ended up with the same guys as you as you had. I I, I see, see that that to me is is a key point, though, right? Like the hand the hand check. Like talk about rule change. Like you specifically mean the hand checking. I was thinking hand checking and then illegal defense. Those are like two two big changes yeah, right. that, that happened that happened right that finally enough happened like right around when the one you know LeBron comes in the like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one of the most interesting takes that I heard, and, and Z brought up an interesting point about like how athletic these guys are and how impressive they might be in another sport. So they, they interviewed Shannon Sharp about LeBron and his potential to play like tight end in the NFL based on like what you're saying, Chris, like his size. Like the dude's what? You're saying like 6'9 and, you know, two, <laughs> 240, 250. How would you defend <laughs> At least, right? They were saying, well, how would you defend against that? They were saying, well, we would just constantly press him. We would press him. We would press him. Because in order to be able to to eliminate that physicality and that size, like you would press him. And I was thinking, hmm, interesting. I wonder how the defenses in the 90s would be able to handle that with 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 hand checking. Well, it's not like... And the ability to double team. Yeah, well, it's not like the the, the physical archetype of LeBron James didn't exist during the 90s it did right there uh, immediately Sean Kemp comes to mind right uh, Sean Kemp was playing four and five at some at times uh, in in at peaks of the 90s especially at his own peak so it's not le- but the difference was you know LeBron James had has incredible ball handling skills um, and vision and so you're he's not starting at the post he's starting in, in the perimeter. Uh, and so uh, you can press him, but he's 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 smart enough to make those types of adjustments. The NBA, you know, the the, the NBA's of today have done that. They've they've thrown all sorts of defenses on him. Uh, yes. I, I, you know, I watched you know the Dwayne Casey's of the world uh, throw all sorts of defenses against LeBron James, and he's found a way to um, to to make adjustments. Um, I, I think where LeBron James has failed and, you know, pardon Kobe Bryant and Giannis Antetokounmpo, but failure does exist in the time space continuum. Um, is, is that series when the Miami heat went to the finals against the Dallas Mavericks and LeBron James was being guarded by Tyson Chandler in fourth quarter. And what they did is they squeezed the paint and forced him to be a jump shooter. That's where I think LeBron James had to make as an adjustment, uh, not within the series, because obviously it was too late. Uh, he was exposed, but how to, um, how to, you know, uh, add a more consistent outside jump shot and, and be more perceptive in 
um, you know, kind of surgically navigating through, you know, defenses. Um, I, again, I, I think even defenses are better today than they were um, back then in the nineties, less physical, like Brandon mentioned, absolutely. But I think there's a whole level of defenses that, that, in the '90s, they wouldn't have been they they wouldn't have uh, been introduced to. Uh, so to to and and you know just a quick you know kind of side the the centers back in the '90s the David Robinsons, Patrick Ewings, Hakeem Olajuwon's, uh, they don't exist today. Not because there's no seven footers, but because these seven footers are are the Joel Embiid's and the Jokic's who are so multifaceted. So again, um, if, if we are asking LeBron James to adjust to the nineties, then we would ask Michael Jordan to adjust to, to today and to the defenses of today. Um, and I don't think it would be clear cut, right. Um, and, and an easy transition, especially if we like to knock LeBron James, then I think it's fair to say that we, we could, we could perceive a knock on, on Jordan as well. I think it's interesting you brought up the, the 2011 finals because that's all that's usually like this right exhibit a anti LeBron argument, right? Because yeah, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. Like, like just bring it out there. <laughs> <Shamed> <laughs> of it. 2000, 2009 and 2010 Eastern Conference finals are another arguments as well. But, anyways, go ahead, Chris. People argue 09. He was like, he was crazy in 09. He just, they just like, they just couldn't – the Magic just shot the lights out, right? Like, I think he was – I 2010 and then 11, he legit had bad series. He had bad – he had bad – and, like, ended really badly against the Celtics and against the Mavs. And because, like – because Jordan never had a moment like that in the same way of, like, you know, where, like, LeBron just kind of stopped shooting, right? Like, he – I think he – he had a game he one of the last games against the Mavs he had like you know 10 points or something like that and and because because Jordan obviously would never stop shooting (laughs) just wired differently he doesn't you know people don't um people don't look at his losses in the playoffs the same way they don't they don't kind of hang 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 it on him the way they hang uh 2011 on and it is important to mention that you know Jordan you know um, I think uh, Bryce mentioned you know know, there's a seasons where he didn't miss he was consistently playing above 78 games a year except 94-95 when he actually made the comeback right played 17 games and that's actually where he faced probably his largest failure in his prime when he lost, when he got eliminated by the Orlando magic. And, 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 and I, I thought I watched that live and I thought that this was going to be the changing of the guards, right? Shaq was finally going to cement himself as a dominant figure in the NBA. Penny Hardaway was what, gosh, talk about, uh, someone who's, who's, you know, whose career was cut short by injury. And it, no, it wasn't Grant Hill. Uh, it was Anthony Hardaway, the second coming. Um, it, 
and Michael Jordan adjusted after that season, right? Came back 95, 96 season and um, goodness gracious, like, you know, tore people's heart out close, you know, averaged, uh, what was it, 30.4 points a game, right? Uh, it, it didn't miss a game. He played 82 games. Um, uh, so, so to his credit, he was, he knew that his body was changing. He had to change his game completely to, to, to accommodate the younger, more athletic style of play. Um, and, uh, and probably, I mean, just, this comes with age. He got smarter, right? So there was a, a cerebral element to the game, but one thing that I want to put forward to you guys, and, and I thought I've been, I, you know, I've been trying to, you know, you know, you know, pensive on this. And we, we talked about the era of, of the game, you know, of these players. But during this period, one thing that, you know, can we also say that Jordan got lucky playing for the Chicago Bulls uh, and, and, and in terms of so. finding yeah. a coach who was, stay, you know, one played for two coaches, actually. Uh, actually, three, um, but 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 one for the longevity of his career um, with the Chicago Bulls, and and being surrounded by players that could complement his style of play, and and remain at a high level. Um, whereas you know LeBron came into the you know the 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 the, the you know the, the the start of the player empowerment movement, right? Like. Late '90s, early 2000s, with the CBA being renegotiated, and and players could determine their fate a lot more differently, and they would actually have a say in the front office. And so LeBron James, to his credit, was able to kind of curate his career differently than how Michael Jordan was able to, but also to, you know, that didn't work in his advantage. Oh my gosh, I mean, do you look? Do you? Do, do you remember the type of teams that LeBron James had to play with in Cleveland on Cleveland? It, the, early, was, the early Cleveland years. The early Cleveland years, the Ricky Davises, Darius Miles, like uh, that's tough. And even after that period, and he was going, and he was in his prime. Uh, the you know one of the reasons why he lost against the the, the Orlando Magics. In, in in the conference finals was my goodness Stan Van Gundy coached his ass off um, mm -hmm. and and but look at that roster that he was playing with uh, it was it was it was it was tittering mediocre um, well, to your point I, I I always think a fun pro LeBron argument is you know the nineties. 394 Bulls, Chicago Bulls, without Michael Jordan. They won 55 games and they, I think they took the Knicks to seven in the second round. Did they not? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. The, <laughs> and so you compare that to 2000, what would it be? The 2010, 2011 Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron leaves, they were 19 and 63. So, I think, like, hey, it's just one year, but I think if LeBron's Scottie Pippen, I think he might have stayed. <laughs> the front office also managed, uh, matters. And so, 
um, Michael Jordan benefited from a level of stability that not many of his other, his other peers did. So I think that's important to, to like all of the stars aligned for him. And and I don't want to d- discredit his talent, uh, the opportunity that was presented to him, his killer instinct, the very fact that this guy would would dunk on his own mother if that meant for him to win a jam- a championship. Yeah, abs- that's the killer instinct that he had. Shout out to my boy uh, Clyde Ledbetter that made me make make that statement right so I, I think that's important whereas LeBron James in the player empowerment era um I think that's probably the critique to the player empowerment era is that some of these players should just be players and they should not have the same type of influence in the front office as they as they want to because it goes above their heads right yeah. they don't have that level of foresight and organizational you know architect architectural you know acuity that's that's needed. Let's look at the Miami Heat, for example. I'll, I'll rest there. Sorry, I was a little bit long-winded, but uh, I was using my yaz to try and give you a, a, an understanding that it was time to, to turn bad. off, turn off the faucet. My bad. Um, but uh, Zaya, one thing I wanted to bring out, um, and I think it's important to 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 talk about tide turning because uh, now the Denver Nuggets I, I uh, are leading the game. Um, going up in the third quarter, 36 to 16 in that quarter. They're up 94-89 as we go to the fourth. But something I I think I need both you and Chris to answer, and I think Brandon probably wants to ask this question of you too. I know he's been quiet. He's been very polite. Um, polite. It's possible that his wife is sitting beside him at this point to, <laughs> to walk <laughs> But, yeah, um, yeah, you can say you can say Laura for this one, okay? You can say Laura. <laughs> um, but guys, when it comes to Michael Jordan's degree of difficulty of winning, let's let's be fair and and honest in saying six straight championships. We want it. We want to say two three peats because he went to baseball and. You know, we want to say, well, he lost to Orlando and that could have been the failure of his career. But at the end of the day, when we take a bigger look, he won six straight because he put six straight seasons of basketball into those championship years. The baseball years are, are, are toss aways. They're passes. LeBron James, if he has to go perfect for the Chicago Bulls, does he even have the same killer instinct that you brought up, Zai, about Michael Jordan? Does he have that ability that Michael Jordan did? Because when we talk about clutch, we talk about prime, that's what people want to focus on because as much as all these regular season stats are nice, and we've talked a lot about them with guys like Devin Booker and Jalen Brown being the best shooting guard in the NBA. When it really matters, the best shooting guard in the NBA is Jamal Murray because he's hit the biggest shots in the biggest moments. So my question to you is, did Ken LeBron James, has he proved at all in his career that not just can he get to the finals, but has he proved that he can be perfect like Michael Jordan was perfect for six straight seasons. Uh, Chris, I'll defer to you. Well, <laughs> Give him the hard one. <laughs> Chris, Chris, 
this is this is the most difficult question, man. Like, okay. yeah. First of all, you, I I am rejecting part of your premise, which is the six straight. So, uh, go go ask, go ask Steve Kerr if the Bulls would have won six straight, and he he has he has said absolutely not. So wow. When wow. you talk about Jordan's six rings, which is amazing, they the six do not happen in a row. They don't. And the reason is because I mean there's a few reasons. But one of the reasons is one of the one of the the, the I think the most interesting separators, which I didn't talk about before, between them, not necessarily as a like from the other, but just in terms of their like makeup is that you know lebron is obviously an insanely competitive person you don't you don't you don't become that elite (laughs) at a professional sport without being crazy competitive because he, he has worked his butt off for years and years and years to be at the level he's at but michael jordan is like pathologically psychotically competitive yes Yes, he is. And I think that I and there it's not just I who think this, there are other people who've said this and think this, but that 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 is a it is a something that he cannot turn off and that right. it is a, a whatever you want to call it, personality trait or whatever you want, that he had to take breaks. Like when he got to the end of ninety-three, he was burnt out. And that's what that I mean, that is there when you listen to and talk to people and they say that about 93 and they say it about 96 as well. And part of the reason part of it was the level of fame. And I think part of it was other things that were going on. Obviously, there was personal stuff that played played a role in 93 for sure. But I do think that part of it was that he just he only knows how to go at that gear. So he is like he just burned all the rubber off his tires. You know, people will sometimes criticize LeBron for not always like going full tilt every single and I actually think that that is a strength of his, that he plays the long game and that he understands when it's time to do that and when it's not. And it's not cool. It's not like a sexy, you know, first take thing to play that way. Um, but they're not robots, these guys, right? Like they, they have they have limits. They they get tired. They get hurt. They they have you know they they get mentally exhausted. And um, I think that uh, I don't. So yeah, I don't think either of them could have strung six rings together. I don't think anyone outside of you know, Bill Russell <laughs> could do that. And I think that, again, that's where if you, if you want to throw him into the conversation, I think it gets kind of interesting, but um, I, 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 at the end of the day, I think it was a combination of Russell and that his team was really stacked and that the league had like, you know, eight so, teams or something. <laughs> yeah. Eight teams and, you know, a couple transcendent players and then a bunch of, bunch of other guys <laughs> he, he, i think they say yeah and 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 his defense right lebron james's defense highly competitive 
um, understood that if you are going to, and this is probably where he leveraged player empowerment to his advantage when he joined forces with Dwayne Wade uh, in Miami um, and won back-to-back championships and, and actually went to the finals, what? We're talking five straight times? Sorry. Ten. Oh, sorry, eight. Eight straight times. Eight straight times, right? Um, so, I, so yeah. So I, I, so I agree with Chris on that. I mean, it's gruel. It, I don't. It's impo- It's almost impossible to to, to 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 maintain that level of consistency and, and and level of competitiveness. There is a drop. I think it's not just in for for them, but it's across sports uh, for any type of athlete there's a level of mental exhaustion being on top uh i think tiger woods would admit that um and uh many other peers who play at that high level serena williams will mention that as well uh so um i think there's a lot of critique i think there's a lot of fanfare you know around lebron james not you know actualizing the same level of championship and, and, and that being the marker, again, I think one thing that does separate them, right, is that clutch gene, but it's almost that, but but I, I, like Chris mentioned, it's that level of psychotic, um, I don't know, neurosis that Michael Jordan had, right, where he was more concerned about winning than being a good father or partner. Right, like, like, yeah, for sure. He cared about that. Um, I was having this argument with friends over dinner the other day, and I was talking about LeBron James, and I was like, "Well, he's a great philanthropist, and he was very, pol- he was more political than Michael Jordan was uh, for the right causes, at least." Um, whereas, you know, Jordan would, you know, come out and say he was apolitical, right? Really didn't care about that. Really was interested in his in his in revenue stream and and winning uh on the court uh for goodness sake i mean uh you know i was really going to bat for him and then they were like yeah but for the last shot who would you go for who would you go with (laughs) are you gonna go with the philanthropist right are you gonna go with the the nice guy right the guy who you know who who supported you know obama's you know campaign you know, I you know where you know where to go with that. It's my it's Michael, and 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 it's not skill. I think people think it's skill. It's not skill. It's 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 that neurotic element uh, that that just puts them off the edge. Um, not a lot of guys have it. Some guys have it and don't have the talent. Some guys have the talent but don't really have that edge. Um, uh, Kobe Bryant is probably the a close, you know, uh, you know, very close, uh, closely aligned. Tim Duncan didn't have it, but he has just a, just a great a great winner, incredible talent. Um, we 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 you know one guy who's not in my top five, not even as a Raptors of all time is is Vince Carter, incredible talent, but will but never even close had that that psychotic kind of edge, and that probably was for the best, right? Probably made him a more likable, approachable, you know, individual. Um, and probably for their own mental health, right? Something that we don't mention too often, but y- you're right. And, I, and I'm willing to, 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 
to concede in, in, in that. But I don't even think, I think there's so many elements that make LeBron James such a great player that not having that psychotic edge, you know, trumps him in any way. Guys, I'm sure that we could uh, go on for, for days in, in this debate. And in some ways, it's like we've just scratched the surface. It's like, you know, walking through uh, Harlem and then Chelsea in Manhattan and, and you still have, you know, other boroughs to get to and, and other neighborhoods within Manhattan. We're just scratching the surface. Um, but I, I think that we've kind of caught ourselves in to where most people kind of find themselves is if it's that one moment, who are you betting on? Who are you taking? If it's, you're going to build your team to win a championship, not get to the championship. There's, there's those like, you know, tension points. And I want to do something a little different to kind of finish it off because I think it's important with both these guys that we acknowledge the greatness of, of them as, uh, as players and athletes. Uh, we could talk about their humanity. We could talk about what they did off their, the court. Uh, there is an episode that uh, we did this year where we just talked about the greatness of LeBron James as a human uh, off the court. But here's what I want to do. And I know, Chris, to some extent, um, uh, you can't answer this question as someone who watched it live, but you've watched enough clips. I want you to, to point out one moment or one game that you saw each of these guys play and say, you know, just talk about that, uh, you know, as brief as you can. But just po point out a moment, point out a, a game uh, that just left you in awe of both of these guys. Uh, and maybe, Brandon, we'll start with you. Well, I – I, I talked about this. Uh, we had the pleasure of all meeting and, and chatting during the, the release of The Last Dance. And it talked it – was, it was a double nickel at MSG when Jordan came back. Yeah. And, like, I was – I was saying to myself, I was like, this, this dude is, is special. Like, he just went and played baseball for two years. Yeah. <laughs> right? And now he's, now he's coming back and dropping 55 in the, in the mech of, of, uh, of basketball. For me, it was just like incredible as a fan, you know, absolutely to watch that and, and to see that live. And then, of of course, and I, I know this is this is used a, a lot, LeBron, and rightfully so. I still don't know where he came from to block Iguodala. I still don't know. Oh, yeah. I, right. I I watched that clip every now and again. When and I'm thinking, you know, because of course it's it's the debate because MJ's good on both sides of the ball. So in order to like, we got to look at LeBron's defense as well as much of his offense. And that again, like this has been talked about a lot. It's one of his most iconic plays, and it's on the defensive ball. And when I saw that, I was like, that guy, man, is is an athletic, just a specimen that will probably be put in a museum one day. Like the Smithsonian or something, as like the true definition of what it takes to be an, an athlete. Like this is this is the peak, and I'll just I'll just say this: this is being a a, a basketball fan, being an NBA fan is is the best.
concur. And we lost him. His final words. <laughs> I concur. I concur, man. Uh, Chris, Chris, a moment uh, or a game of MJ's of LeBron's that just stands out. Uh, it left you and I. Uh, for for LeBron, it was the. It, I already mentioned it. It was the that that 2018 game one Warriors. I remember. Right. I remember watching, and that was something I, that I was. I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about the rings, which is that like you know, nobody's beating. I'm telling you, nobody is beating the 2017 or the 2018 Warriors in the playoffs. So I'll just put that there. They were, they were going up against Jordan's Bulls thing. Um, so I think that I don't think those two should be counted against LeBron. But anyway, that series, like he, they already gotten whooped by them the year before when he actually had a good team. That year, his team was so bad that they traded half the team. Mid-season. Yeah, and that's he right. Dragged, he dragged this team of like randos, like Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance and whatever, to yeah. the to the finals. And granted, the East was not like super strong that year, but still, it was still incredible. And then when he got to the finals, I remember thinking, like, man, they are just gonna get annihilated. <laughs> like they're they're gonna get destroyed. And that as that first game went on, I was watching yeah. going, oh my God, like he might single-handedly win them this game against, against this unbelievable team that was just so good that they were, you know, they slept walked through the season, right? And he was yeah. they just could not, they could not stop him that game. It was un unreal. So, anyway, so that's my LeBron one. Um and oh, the Jordan one is so hard, but um honestly i feel like it's so cliche but i like i guess the thing that comes to mind is is the like the 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 game six of the 98 finals right because you could pick so many with him right but um to to fit off that way you know uh the way that he did with that shot and with i think wasn't scotty like didn't didn't Scotty get hurt in that game or he had a back injury? Yeah, yeah. So like like I think that it's kind of an underrated piece of that story that like they're you know by far their second best player is is injured in that game and he's still and he's you know he's older and he's not as athletic and he still pulls it out and he still scores his game winning shot and. You know, it, I, the, the, I think again, I think there, a lot of people can't like cannot take LeBron over Jordan is because Jordan has that incredible kind of iconography, right? Of like, you know, finishing up that stage of his career with that, with that, that game, that season, that game, that shot, and then he, you know, walked off and, yeah. So that's the one. Okay. Z, what do you got? Um, for Jordan, um, you know, I won't repeat uh, what was already said by Brandon and Chris. Uh, but I, I guess, you know, if there was a playoff season, I, I paid m- 
a lot more attention to see if, if Jordan was going to bounce back to his, you know, to, 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 to gain his throne, if one would say. It was in 95-96. They're in the finals. They're going against who I thought at the time, and I was starting to kind of model my game after just because I, I was, you know, infatuated by his defense and his trash talking, and that was Gary Payton. And I thought <laughs> there was there, if there was a guy who's going to lock up Michael Jordan – in, in or or let's say slow him down, it was going to be Gary Payton, um, and uh, didn't matter, man. My dude averaged thirty points, um, just completely destroyed the backcourt. Um, he was on unt- He was untouchable. He made historically speaking one of the best perimeter basketball players, defenders. Sorry, and Gary Payton looked looked like a like. You know, pedestrian, right? And I probably held, you know, and this again, this was the season after they had been, um, they had been eliminated, right, by the the Orlando Magic. So I was thinking that this was the changing of the guard, but no, they he came back, you know, claiming back the throne, and um. Uh, it was just, and it was just a beautiful way. It was poetic, man. I, I, I uh, it was a great way of, of, of showcasing his greatness, and what would be the the, the beginning of the uh, of his uh, the three peat, right? Um, and I think LeBron James. It was uh, May thirty, you know, thirtieth, thirty first, two thousand and seven, um, against the Detroit Pistons. 23 years old, he scores 20, 25 points straight mm-hmm. in the palace. And that's where, you know, the, 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 the legend of the king, you know, um, you know, emerges. I, and I saw that in, uh, what's that neighborhood, uh, you know, near you know, University of Toronto, uh, Bryce? The Annex. The Annex. I saw that at a pub in the Annex, co- a couple of frat brothers, and we were chatting and the TV was on. At a pub, and no one was paying attention to the game except I was because I was facing it. And all, all these, you know, it's, it's it's May, semester is done, so stop acting like you guys are, you know, uh, you know, you, you can, you know, you can't, you know, uh, chill and relax. But I was like, this guy is not missing one and two. He's going against one of the best d- defensive teams in the league at the t- tender age of twenty three years old. Okay, I, I I think this guy is is him as 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 the kids say, um, and, uh, and and he continued his ascension, man. Ever since then, I think you know I think it's a apropos. You know, we're talking about you know you know King James on Victoria Day weekend, and no Charles, no Charles. He, my my king is LeBron James, not you. Um, but it's just—it was just. I thought you were going to say T'Challa, but okay. <laughs> uh, it was just a, a beautiful sight to see, and uh, yeah. and I think again, we have access to 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 to, to technology to, to kind of view this amazing display of greatness, and we're alive to see it as well, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. we're the we're the winners at the end. Yep, that's right. Um. You know, we talked about teams that uh, LeBron James played on. And uh, 
we we'd like to to hype up some of Michael Jordan's teams. Um, but but I remember uh, Michael Jordan in those mid to late '80s Bulls teams playing with a lot of young guys, 23, 24 years old, and then this old guy who who looked like, you know, he he was like uh, a guy who worked at the car wash after he retired at 65 uh, because he could get to the high places in the trucks, Bill Cartwright. And, and Bill Cartwright could hardly run, let alone, you know, move laterally. And the Bulls, who were very mediocre, played against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who at the time were, were – uh, had a had a had a freshness, had a looseness, had a a style that flowed very um, very well. Shout uh, out to Mark like, Price. Yeah, Mark Price, kind of like Kyrie Irving's game. That's how the Cleveland Cavaliers looked in that 88-89 season. And uh, Michael Jordan, you know, just in his maybe fifth season, beats Cleveland in Cleveland at the buzzer, fist pumping, going absolutely nuts to get the Bulls finally their first playoff victory with Jordan on the team. Doug Collins uh, had no answers for Brad Dordery and company, but Michael Jordan did. And for me as a young kid at 11, watching that game, I thought, you know, as Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. You know, this guy can do it. Uh, he, he might even be able to win an NBA championship against my Lakers someday uh, and beat Michael, which he did, of course, a magic story, which he did two years later. Um, so that's my first moment of just being in awe. Now, uh, Zaya uh, said the one that I was going to originally say about LeBron James near the beginning of his career against the Detroit Pistons in that 2007 season uh, where they went to the finals to face the Spurs. And I don't know how he was able to beat that Pistons team. They should have won it all that year. Uh, they would have gone against the Spurs again. So it was probably in the NBA's best interest to see LeBron through. Uh, but that was nuts. 28 out of the last 32 points in the fourth quarter, just ridiculous. But the game that I will uh, that I will say that I was an absolute awe of, and you could say that he's he's still doing it in some respects. But I, and sorry to do this to you, Brandon. But Game Seven in the Garden, 2018, LeBron James takes Jordan Clarkson and others to that final. Right before uh, Chris, you pointed out that game, Game One of the 2018 Finals. And I've heard Boston Celtics guys like Tatum, uh, like Horford, I think, was also on that team, uh, Jalen Brown. And they thought Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum in particular, who were young guys, you know, second year, third year guys, they thought they were in good shape. And in the fourth quarter, LeBron James had so much more juice than they had combined as a team. And he was able to literally put Kyle Korver on his back uh, along with 
the the entire franchise and city of Cleveland to will that team to an old-fashioned 87-79 victory against Boston. And I just couldn't believe that game. The fact that this guy in his mid-30s was able to will that team to victory um, and had like 35 and 15 uh, was just nonsensical. Um, I mean, he's still doing some pretty incredible stuff tonight. Um, I don't know if they'll pull it off with 442 to go in the game. It's 38 points and with with less than five minutes to go, it's 102-102. And, and, he's, and he's played all 43 minutes. But uh, both of those guys, I mean, just put – you and awe in so many moments in their in their career, and uh, it, it's it's we've we've as you said, Zai, we've been the lucky ones. We we've been fortunate to to watch this, and I'm sure we'll have more moments of uh, looking back and being blown away. Any final words, Brandon, before we call this a pod? Well, yeah, I I had to use the cliche Eagle Dollar Block because a lot of the broad moments of him beating up on the Celtics, so I had no choice. But to go with the Iguodaro block, apologies for the cliche, but I'm not going against my Celts, man. So that's my that's my thoughts. But lots of love, boys. I really I really appreciate this. It was awesome. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Chris, any final thoughts on this uh, on this pod? We could have gone so many places, but my final thoughts. Oh man. Well, I guess what I'll just say is, uh, I think I think it's such a fun. As you know, I think it's super fun. I'll I'll, I'll have the chat anytime. I like I like talking the big picture, the greatest. I will I will say that. Um, uh, I think ultimately. Um, if you force me to pick, I lean Jordan a little bit just because, and it, and it, it just comes back to that. Like it, it's what, what do you want in your greatest of all time? Right. And I think, right. I, I think I like LeBron a lot more as like a person. Yeah. <laughs> as a, you know, as like a figure, I would pick LeBron, but again, Jordan, and it may just, it may be again, because of my, you know, growing up, with the mythology of Jordan, but, but there is there, he has that kind of, that, that magic element to when you actually just, just the watching. Cause at the end of the day, right? Like you set everything aside, like when you're watching these guys do these incredible things uh, with the basketball and there's something about watching uh, Jordan that is a little extra, magical for me so he gets he gets the edge in in that regard but i think that um i think it's 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 pretty it's amazing that lebron has had a career that turned into an argument considering how hallowed i mean michael jordan was like when espn did their like sports century thing of like greatest athletes of the century i think he was like number one you know right and that was like you know, he had just retired, like, just before that, you know, and they'd, like, Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali, people like that, right? That's yeah. the kind of cultural level that he hit, and LeBron is able to 
turn it into an argument. I think that's that's pretty amazing. That's really well said, man. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Z, any any uh, any final words? No, I I think uh, uh, thanks guys for uh, for joining us. You know, it's always great to hear uh, other voices beyond Bryce and I. Uh, uh, it, it reaffirms me that I'm not crazy. My <laughs> you know that I don't overanalyze these things. Um, but uh, no, see, you I come think... over to my house anytime, buddy. If you want to check yourself, you just come over to my house anytime. Trust me. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think context matters, man. I, I always think context matters. Uh, history matters. And, uh, you know, um, you know, we're talking about these athletes, uh, these African-American athletes who are able to, 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 to perform at a high level and to, and to uh, bridge the gaps uh, sometimes and bring people together that we otherwise would never be in a room together. Uh, I think we, we only need to talk about the purity of the sport in that sense, but my, my mind always gravitates to, to the, ex, you know, the, the extra, you know, and what else does sports do, right? And what else do the athletes do? And and I think uh, in my critique of Michael Jordan's uh, um, extracurriculars, uh, I also understand that he's a human being that can change and evolve. And he, and in his latter part of his career, he's contributed significantly to to to, to charitable causes, to political causes as well. Um, in his home state, North Carolina, and the country at large. Uh, so um, at the end of the day, I want to, you know, make sure that we keep them in perspective and knowing their greatness goes beyond uh, the court and, um, and also that they continue to evolve as humans, right? Not just as athletes. So uh, that, hum that humbles me and knowing that I can continue to evolve as an athlete in my co-ed league. Um, <laughs> Wednesday and Friday nights, and, uh, and, and and hopefully be a better human being myself. I'll end it there. Uh, well, you're a, you know, you're... I I don't know the next time we'll uh, get together. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, maybe even to get together to watch an NBA Finals game, which will come up in uh, a week and a half. Goodness. Yeah, but. We gotta watch these nugs take this chip, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I hope I hope when we do, we can uh, we can end another debate between LeBron James and Michael Jordan, which is who has the better tequila. <laughs> and uh, I'll buy <laughs> I'll make sure to buy Lobo seventeen seven seventeen oh seven tequila, uh, which goes for eighty four thirty American, and I'll let Zaya get the. <laughs> Sincoro tequila, which is Michael Jordan's at twenty two hundred and forty six dollars a bottle. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank, you thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. But guys, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Cheers to you guys. Uh, hopefully we can be in the same room with each other soon and, and cheer on uh, some more great stars. Uh, who will be playing for an NBA championship. But until then, peace to, peace to all y'all and, and peace to y'all who are listening.